Everybody, welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing Crystal Lake Studios in Mohegan Lake. My name is Keith Powell. I am as my colleague and co-host Michael Lagaris. Everybody, yo, was good, everybody. And you know we got him in the house. You know him, you love him. The greatest tight end in the history of modern day football, the Big Wookie, Nick Cronk. Wookie, what's up, man? What's up, everybody? And, of course, the greatest high school football coach in the nation, my cousin Sammy, Sammy O'Hare in the building. Sammy, what's going on? Jet Nation, what's going on? So we're coming at you live this week. Something we don't – I don't think we've ever done, aside from maybe a draft show, trying some new stuff out here on StreamYard. Um, if you want to get involved, leave us a comment on StreamYard. Leave us a comment on YouTube, guys. Um, we really appreciate it. But here we go. This week we got Jets-Falcons to talk about a little bit. I know they didn't really play the starters. We'll touch on a few things from that game. We're going to talk Jet-Giants at the end of the game. We know we have the starters playing at least a half this weekend. A nice little dress rehearsal. Happy to see that. We're going to talk about the 53-man roster. Go through the cuts. Me and Mike think are going to happen. We do have some differences here. That's coming up August 30th. I think that's next Tuesday. So right around the corner here, guys. we got the cuts coming up. Before we do that, though, we didn't get a chance last week. Let's give a little kudos. I know people nowadays like to say... Um, I can I can hear some feedback of myself in the background, whoever that was. Um, I know people like to say, I want to give flowers out. I don't like that. You know why, guys? You give flowers to your girl. That saying bothers me because men are, I'm not going to give no flowers to my boy. It's not going to happen. I'm going to give a strong handshake, though, to Joe Klecko for making it to the finals. Uh, the finalist of the Hall of Fame here um, could potentially be inducted in, which he should be, I think. Four-time pro bowler. Made the pro bowl at three different positions, as we know. 20 sacks one year in 1981. Um, one of the better defensive linemen in the history of the New York Jets, guys. Probably going to make it to the Hall of Fame. We don't have a long list. You know what I'm saying? I know we got Joe Namath. I know we got Don Maynard. We got Weed Ubik. We got Curtis Martin. The list is short, guys. Okay, so I just want to give a quick shout out to Joe Klecko, Mike. Mike, I know Joe Klecko played when we were young bucks, okay? Right? He, I think he retired when we were about eight or nine years old. Yeah. Do you have those faint memories of him just tossing fools around on the defensive line? Sack exchange, baby. One of the best memories, one of my favorite memories as a New York Jet fan growing up. I mean, little did I know what was going to come in the next couple of years moving forward in the 90s but uh yeah I, we've all been waiting for this day and it's pretty much a formality from what i'm hearing and when he gets in there i'm telling you you're gonna see jet twitter jet facebook jet every type of fan base just flip out because we know our boy deserves to be in there and he's gonna get in i'm hyped i'm hyped guys uh anthony munoz one of the greatest offensive linemen of all time said Joe Klecko was the strongest player he ever went up against and one of the best defensive linemen he ever went up against. So that's a good advocate to have in your corner. Now, Jets-Falcons. Sammy, we went to the game. It was not the best in the first half. Not that, not that exciting no. in the first half. A lot of penalties on both sides of the ball. But before we got into the third and fourth string guys, Sammy, we were all, you and I were sitting there watching the game. You were breaking a lot of stuff down for me from a coaching standpoint, kind of pointing out a lot of the things that looked like at least the Jets were doing incorrectly from our vantage point. 
because it did seem like, even though it was second and third string guys, Sammy, for those first two quarters, it did look like we were getting out coached, did it not? Yeah, I mean, we had just guys out of position. It looked like dudes didn't know where they were supposed to be on the field. Um, you could see like wired receivers visibly in the wrong spot, uh, running to the same spot. So that's that was just not it was not great. And I looked at you and I was like, this is it just doesn't look good right now. Yeah, this yeah, doesn't look good. It looked, I mean, there was dudes wide open all over the field the whole game. Now it's preseason. Are the, are the Jets playing just base coverages? Maybe. I didn't see a lot of blitzing. It is what it is. We're not going to get too crazy into the preseason games. They were able to pull it out in the second half with the Reveler again. Just being a – he played better than Mike White in this game, and he played better than Mike White two weeks ago. Now, when we get to the cuts and stuff, I don't know if he's going to make the team more of a practice squad guy probably. But um, some of the guys that stood out in the game, I thought Jamie uh, Damian Sherwood – Sherwood for the Jets, I know it's a guy they think maybe in the future can actually replace Mosley. Um, I thought he played pretty well, guys. His PFF rating was really good. Lawrence Cager, a Mike Lagaris favorite? Three catches, 65 yards, a touchdown in the game. He played pretty good. Denzel Mims had a sighting. We also had one play where we probably ran a wrong route, and that's why our boy the Reveler threw an interception. But I think, what do you have? Three for 43 for Denzel Mims. Also in this game, if you notice, guys, he played special teams. Pretty much for the first time, he played special teams in most of the game there for Mims. Your boy Marshall, though, Mike. Jonathan. No. I mean, he stood out more than anyone to me in this game, besides from um, uh, the quarterback there at the end. Your boy had a sack. He also annihilated. I don't know who the running back was. He decapitated somebody on a screen pass, which was the loudest hit um, I've heard in a long time sitting in my seat. So he had a great game, Mike, making a, making a, a strong stance here to be in the rotation there on the defensive line. And then Bryce Hall, I want to get to four passes. Four passes completed on him. Quarterbacks had a perfect quarterback rating on Bryce Hall. So we knew Bryce Hall wasn't the truth last year. It's why we drafted Sauce, why we brought DJ Reed in here. Didn't play that good in this game. Um, we know our boy, the Reveler, 8 for 11, touchdown, ran for 33 yards. So they came back at the end. They won the game. Kind of a meaningless game, we know, but at least they showed you a little something in the second half. Some of the defensive players stood out. Not too much to break down from the Falcon game. We're going to get into the Jets-Giants at the end of the broadcast here, guys. Um, at least the starters are going to play. That'll be a little bit more exciting for us when they play the Giants. I think this, the Giants and Jets are also going to practice this week. If you guys didn't know, go ahead and Google it up. They have not practiced together in 17 years. Back to the days of Tom Coughlin, because the last time they practiced together, there was about five fights and all hell broke loose. Tom Coughlin said, I'm not, mess I'm not messing around with these Jets anymore. Okay, he thought we thought we were riffraff. That's basically what he said. Doesn't want to practice with the Jets. We're back again now. They're going to practice all week. Then they're going to play each other, obviously, on Sunday at 1 o'clock. That'll be a lot of fun. Me and Wookie will be at our fantasy draft with our friends um, as, we, as we try to ensure our past the domination this year in the fantasy football world. But, Mike, let's get to it. Okay? August 30th is coming up. Yeah. Tuesday are the, are the cuts. Now, this show is going to come out in the next couple days. So, it'll be about three or four days plus the Giant game before then. But I don't, I don't know if you agree. Before this G-Men game, I don't know if a lot's going to change from what me and you kind of think is going to happen here. You know, I don't know if there's going to be a, a performance. Maybe Bam Knight, there's a few guys maybe on the bubble, Mike. We have a bunch of guys in the bubble here that could maybe give a performance that keeps them a job. But I kind of think they have things locked in right now. You think the same. I think the same. Do you want to kind of get into what you think here with the de defense at least? Who you think's going to make the team and who you think's going to get chopped? Yeah, we can, we can absolutely go ahead and take a look from a defensive perspective, uh, these are who this is what I think is going to be our defensive starting unit or excuse me, who's going to make the team uh, come next week. And um, there are a couple surprise cuts that uh, I, I'm really hoping that 
doesn't happen, but I'm I'm thinking from a defensive end perspective, we got Lawson, Martin, Clemens, Johnson, and Huff. Those are those guys are pretty much locked in. Now, I had a nigh. I was on the fence about a nigh, um, but I ended up in the end saying that he wasn't going to end up making it. And then also, um, I'm thinking that you know Tanzel Smart from a defensive tackle perspective uh, is another one that was kind of be going to be there on the bubble. So. Defensive line, I've got five DNs making it from a defensive tackle. I've got another five, so a total of 10 across the defensive line. Um, some hard, it was real difficult, you know, because I, there were some some guys there that I really think are strong. But Jay Marshall, Jonathan Marshall, anybody who watches Ain't Easy Being Green knows I'm a big fan of him just because of his metrics. And I'm hoping that he's going to be the replacement for Lorenzo Fatakasi. So we'll see what happens there. Sheldon Rankins, uh, Solomon Thomas, Quincy Williams, and of course, John Franklin Myers coming in. Uh, so that's a strong unit, fellas. And I'm excited about this. So that's what I got at the defensive line. What, what, do, you, what do you guys What do you guys think? Yeah, Mike, you know what? And Jonathan Franklin Myers, as most Jet fans know, I mean, he, I think he's technically listed as a DN, but he also plays D-tackle for plenty of plenty of plays during the game. So if you have him at D-tackle or DN, it doesn't really make a difference, Mike, as long as you have him making the team, obviously, right? Um, I have my DN, the same setup you do, Mike. I just had Jonathan Franklin Myers in my DN group, as you can see there. And I actually think at the bottom of the roster here, I think the Jets are going to be deciding between Vinnie Curry or Zuniga. They're kind of neck and neck. I thought Zuniga played pretty good, even though I thought he'd be a cut in the preseason. I thought he played pretty well. The reports from camp are that he's playing pretty well. And I think you just go with the youth in that situation. That's kind of how I look at it. So I actually have Zuniga making the team. Separate from that, Mike, we're on the same page. I think Canadian Thanos is history. Yes. We loved him. We, we, had, we used to have some little uh, – we had the moniker for him. We had audio, special audio for him. We wanted you to become good. Okay, that underdog story coming in from Canada, but it just did not happen, Michael. So when it comes to the defensive line, we're pretty much on the same page here. The only guy I have on the team that I didn't see on your your roster here was Zuniga. That's kind of splitting hairs here. That's the bottom of the roster stuff there. But I think Vinny Curry is going to get caught. I do think they're going to keep Zuniga just for the fact that they invested that fourth round pick in him a few years ago. He had the injuries. He's finally seeming to play a little bit better or give you something here in the preseason in training camp. Um, played pretty well in the first preseason game too. So I think he's going to make the team. Uh, what do you think, um, Sammy? Yeah, I, I mean – Listen, for me, I think if for any Jeff fan, if you're just looking at this list, you love this list, right? Because both of these lists have something we haven't had in a while, which is the top, the starters on each position are extremely talented and you have a ton of talented depth, right? So yep. like you've got Lawson, Franklin Myers, Q, Thomas, right? Like let's say that's your, those are your four guys. You really like what you see from Clemens so far. You really like what you see from Marshall so far. You like what you see from Rankin so far, right? And Martin. So you've got depth there. Um, we know what Quincy Williams can do. We've seen it, right? And now you've had, you had uh, Sherwood, Alexander. I mean, you've got so much depth at these positions that we haven't had in a very long time. So I don't. I think, like you said, Keith. I think splitting hairs between who makes it, like if Zuniga makes it or not. Um, but either way, the amount of depth and talent we have, I think, is is pretty evident just looking at the names on the list. Yeah, I mean, I've, I think that Carl Lawson and Martin and Clemens are really going to help unlock Quincy Williams. Hopefully Johnson, same thing with Huff. But we need to have that attack from the outside. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this unit. And um, I think, you know, we have some, some special players there. Looking at the linebacking core, Keith and I um, – 
we spoke about what the Jets look like against the rest of the AFC East. And this is the unit that had the biggest gap in talent when you're looking at the uh, Patriots and the Dolphins and, and yeah. the uh, right. And Alexander was such a critical add to this lineup. And I think that he's really going to help come boost that. So I do have Sherwood and Nashville Dean who were late around picks last year, making the team. They were pretty much starters last year with Quincy Williams. Quincy's got to be a little better at, you know, some of those hits. <laughs> we saw that in the preseason game. Yeah, we got a little bit sure. excited, but CJ mostly ahead in the pack. I've got five linebackers, um, you know, with the, uh, the mic and the will, um, pretty much all the the positions being covered here. So that's what I got from a linebacking position. Let me see what you got. I yeah, Mike, we're, we're on the same page. Yeah, I mean, I think the linebackers is pretty clear cut. We know Quan's making it. That's a, that's a great addition for us. If he stays healthy, uh, that's a big upgrade, I think, over Quincy Williams, Mike, if he's healthy on the field. I think Quincy Williams, I'm probably a bigger fan of Quincy Williams than Mike is, but there was games last year where he played pretty well. But on the whole, probably an average linebacker. It's the reason he got cut and was out there for us to grab him last year. I think Quan Alexander is above average when he's healthy, very fast. Made, made plenty of plays when he's healthy all over the field for the Saints and for the 49ers. And it, uh, our, our coach, at least, Robert Salah, is a big fan of him. C.J. Mosley, we know, is going to be solid. And I know Jamie and Sherwood, man, if you look up some of these reports, the Jets love this kid. Nashville Dean, we know. But the Jets love this kid. They want him to put on some more weight, but they kind of see him as maybe a future uh, middle linebacker there for the squad. So, I'm like, I think linebackers is pretty clear-cut. I think Delshawn Phillips is going to get cut. Um, he's going to yep. play linebacker there. But I think that's another guy. And we're going to go through this, but I and I'm going to go through the guys I think we're going to really target for the practice squad. I think that's one of them. Um, if he makes it through waivers, I think that's a guy they're going to really try to get back on the practice squad because he is pretty decent, a decent depth guy. Maybe someone that has an injury during the year knows the defense and you can plug him back in. Yeah, no, I think him, Marcel Harris is another one. I think he's not going to be good, but he could end up getting picked up on the practice squad. So completely agree with you there. And then from a cornerback perspective, we know Sauce and Reed. We saw what happened with Hall last night. I mean, Hall did a good job last week, last year, but I don't – that was one of the – Mike, do the, you the think – let me ask you a question. And I'll, I mean, Sammy, you can answer this too. And the Wookiee. I mean, Wookiee played at the highest level of football of any of us. When you're a guy like Bryce Hall, you're, you know, and we know he had that pedigree coming into college, a high pedigree, had the injury and slipped. And people said, hey, maybe he could be a top-level top corner. As a rookie, he played okay. His second year, he was a little below average. And then they draft Sauce and they bring in DJ Reed. Now you're the number three corner. Do you think maybe that's affecting the confidence? Because he looked horrible last week. And that wasn't starters. You know, I know Mariota was out there briefly. But, I mean, they weren't throwing their top-level offense at you last week. And he got burned all over the place. He got killed. Perfect, perfect quarterback rating yeah, against I, him last week. Sammy, what do you think? Do you think maybe his skills are what they are? He's not an elite corner to begin with. But do you think maybe psychologically, we know how these you know younger people can be today. He maybe take a took a hit with the drafting of Sauce and the big time signing of DJ Reed. Yeah, and um, I think if it does, that tells you everything you need to know about him, right? Like True. because there's two ways you could respond. You could respond with they just brought in these dudes and now I have to play way better to earn a spot, or I can just kind of be butthurt about it and like play like garbage, which is exactly what he did against the Falcons. Like we watched it, you know. Um, so. That tells you a lot about like his yeah. character, unfortunately. And I would like to see him hopefully play better and maybe turn a corner. Maybe this was a one-off thing. He had a bad week and he's like, all right, time to play. Um, and that's what you hope, right, from a guy like that yeah. who does have all the tools to be really good. Um, but, you know, 
that's what kind of where I fall on him. With yeah, that. you know what? Also, I mean, Mike, we have, we have all the same corners making the team. I think we're on the same page here. I think some interesting names that are going to be cut, Justin Hardy, who's not really a corner. We kind of brought him in as a special teams guy. I know he plays corner technically. I think he's history. And last year's big um, undrafted free agent signing, the highest paid undrafted free agent NFL history was Isaiah Dunn. Me and Mike were big fans of him last year. Mike, I think you and me both have him not making the squad though. Yeah, I both same same there. I, I I really think that our cornerbacks are solid. And if you if you're you know Javelin Gidry, of course we're big fans because we had his dad on, promoted his books, Pops is the man. Um and Javelin, his, dad, his dad sat in back of us at a Texan game. Um, yes, yes. Don't forget that. Don't forget That's that. Right. That's right. But Michael Carter II and Jalvin Gidry are holding down that cornerback, that nickel corner spot. And then you got Eccles, who, by the way, Eccles already has more interceptions with the New York Jets than Jamal Adams ever had. I just want to throw that in there. And, um, and then oh, you got, I'm just saying. And then you got Br- Br- uh, Bryce Hall, you know, who was pretty much our starter last year with DJ Reed and Sauce. So our cor- I love our cornerback core. And by the way, what was Mariota doing? A veteran throwing Bryce Hall's way and didn't even throw it the rookie? What does that tell you about yeah. sauce, everyone? He didn't, he didn't throw it. That was an throw, interesting note from the game. Didn't try sauce. Didn't even before. try. Didn't even try sauce. Just just so everyone understands. And then from a safety perspective, Whitehead, Joiner, Pinnock, who I think is going to be yeah, our starting he's, corner. He's, he's our starting free safety next year. Um, and Alshon Davis. Um, is going to make up the uh, the safeties in that spot. Yeah, and I think a, a guy who played pretty decent in the last year, kind of a fill-in guy, um, Riley there is going to get cut. Will Parks will get cut. Safeties is pretty straightforward too, Mike. Um, and when we go over here to the offense, though, we have another few little guys here that we disagree on. I mean, we can stop. Obviously, we know what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. We know Zach Wilson's going to be the quarterback. He's not going nowhere. We know Joe Flacco's the backup. Mike White, interesting situation because he's played like garbage in the preseason he's been trash and the strevler the reveler is just out there slinging running the ball all over the place now i do think you're going to keep mike white mike we talked about this today when zach comes back i don't think they're rostering three cues and mike white's on the sideline i think he's going to the practice I, I don't see mike white out there you know i think they're going to use that roster spot for something else um you know you never like we said last year when mike white had that one great game the way the nfl works man and especially as qb um, this big drought of us having a great QB on the Jets. If someone does pop up for a game like Mike White did in their first game, that gives you a lot of hope. You're like, oh my God, could, could this be something special? And then we found out real quickly, it's not. We found out it's not, it's not real. Mike White's going to be a backup or not even in the league probably in a few years, at least from what I saw in the preseason so far, he's looked absolutely horrible to me, okay? Um, but when we go to the quarterback situation, Mike, that's pretty straightforward. We get to the running back situation though, Mike. We both have the same quarterbacks, I think. We get to the running backs here. Um, I think we have a little bit of a difference. I know you think they're going to keep Bam Knight. Go ahead, run through your run through your halfbacks here real quick for me, Mike. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to end up keeping four backs here because Michael Carter showed you that he wasn't able to stay healthy for the entire time there. I love Michael Carter, and we go of course we got Brees Hall, but Sonovan Knight was really showing off here in the preseason, and I'm seeing a lot of really great insight from our beat writers regarding him and what he's been able to do in camp and hearing that he's a coach favorite there. So Tevin Coleman is, you know, obviously I think he's going to make it because he's reliable and knows the offense um, and has played under Robert Sala. But I think Zonovan Knight is a pretty good, I don't think LaMichael P. Ryan is going to make it. um, And I I don't think that, uh, I think Ty Johnson's going to end up getting cut. So I think they're going to keep four running backs here, um, and I think they're going to do that just because of what Zonovan Knight 
possibly could be. So it's it's a lot based on what I'm hearing and seeing from yeah. him in this preseason, and I think he's working his way on the team. Yeah, I mean, he has looked good in the preseason. I only think they're going to keep the three running backs. I think Hall's a no-brainer. Like Mike said, Michael Carter was pretty productive last year when he was out there, especially as the year went on, guys. Beginning of the year, he was so-so to me. As the year went on, it seemed like he got a lot better. I love his vision in the backfield. The guy has tremendous instincts. You could tell that last year. You could tell it in the preseason this year. But injuries are a concern. He's only 5'9". He's only 195 pounds or something like that. So a guy like Tevin Coleman, and Mike and I, Mike and I have spoken this a million times, so he's like a perfect backup running back, Tevin Coleman. Um, because you get if he gets 10 carries, you're gonna be probably pretty good. He's had injuries issues in his career, but you look at the yards per carry last year, the same as Michael Carter. You look at his career, always has been pretty productive. He just had injuries issues too. So he's a good guy for a backup. And when he came in last year, he would only get 10, 15 carries. He's mildly productive in that role too. So I think Tevin Carter's a good backup. He's definitely making the team. I don't see, even though P. Ryan flashed this year in the preseason, finally. I agree with Mike. I think he's going to be a cut casualty here. I think Bam Knight's getting cut. And I think Ty Johnson had his chance last year. Right, Ty he Johnson did. Had his chance he had last it. year to make a name for himself. And you come into this year now, they draft Hall. Coleman proved he's probably more, more of a reliable guy than Ty Johnson. So I have all three of those guys getting cut here in the backfield. What do you think, Sammy, when it comes to these running backs? Do you think you're going to keep a fourth guy? Or are you going to go with Coleman, Hall, and uh, Carter? Um, I, I think they'll keep a fourth guy, and I think they'll use – you mentioned it before. I think they'll use the roster spot from the QB, put Mike White on the practice squad, and, and run with the four. Um, and especially with Mike White, you can't get rid of the Hall of Famer, dude. Like, he's in there now. <laughs> yeah, so. I have a photo. I mean, if I, if I prepared ahead of time enough, I'd show yeah. it to you guys right now because when I went to the Hall of Fame, it was two weeks after that game. And I said, there's no way his jersey's really in there, but it is. Trust me. Yeah. That's so, like, you can't get rid of that guy, so put him on the practice squad. Keep the Hall of Famer around. Um, and I, I like the idea of keeping that because I think, again, and I've said, we've kind of talked about this before, all of us, right? The more young guys that show flashes of greatness that you can keep and retain and just see what they have, the better off you'll be. So, yeah, I don't see why Actually, not. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be mad if they kept him, and that's kind of one of my bubble guys, Band 9, who I have circled here. So, I do have him getting cut, but that's somebody that if he did make the team – as opposed to my wide receiver group here, I might be have an extra wide receiver that I do not think Mike has on the team. Um, no. his, na- his name's there right on the bottom. His name is Denzel Mans, guys. Yep. Let's get right into uh, it. That's, that's one of the reasons I think maybe Knight's going to go, because I think they're going to keep six receivers here. Um, I do think, even though Jeff Smith was atrocious last week and has just proven he's not really someone you can really rely on, um, I think he plays special teams pretty decent. They're going to keep Jeff Smith. I think, obviously, we know the top four receivers, guys. We know Davis. We know more. We know Wilson. Those are our studs right there. Berrios. Kick returner, punt returner, tremendous guy. Gadget plays as the year went on last year. Kind of showed you even more value on the field during the game, not just on special teams. But Jeff Smith, I think, for special teams reasons stays. And Denzel Mims, I think for the sole reason that they haven't been able to find a buyer for him yet, and he's finally starting to raise his stock slightly. Played okay in the preseason as opposed to doing nothing last year. Um, They haven't been able to get rid of him to anyone. So if they keep him on the squad and he could do something maybe week one or two, maybe you could find a buyer for him. There's going to be plenty of teams after week one, week two, week three that hit bad injuries. Okay, that need a receiver. Maybe we'll take a chance on him with the speed and with the size. And he actually, you saw him get plugged in last week on special teams. Now, I know a lot of writers and a lot of people think Denzel Mims is history. If they can't trade him, they're going to cut him. And I could see that. But I also see a way that he's kind of shown more value now than he has in the past. And they don't want to give up on him because he was a second-round pick. He was a pretty high pick, guys. I mean, this is not a fifth, sixth, seventh-round guy. They drafted him in the second round. So um, I could see Denzel Mims making the squad. I know that might sound crazy. I know, Mike, you don't have him making it. When you go through your receivers here, Mike, I, know you, I think you only have us keeping the five wide receivers. That is correct. And this is a controversial uh, topic here because a lot of people 
who are Jet fans, love Denzel Mims and have always dreamed about him catching long tees just like he did back when he was at Baylor. But I'm, I don't think he's going to make the squad because he just doesn't bring the value that somebody like Jeff Smith does on the uh, special teams. And I know Barrios, Wilson, Moore, and Davis are locked in. Um, I think that the Jets are going to go in a different direction. And I'm going to ask Nick here. We talk about what a young rookie or young quarterback needs. And we know that tight ends are huge. Now, when I look at my tight end group, I know CJ Uzama is making it. I know Tyler Conklin obviously is making it. I think Tyler Conklin is actually going to be our starting tight end. And I think he's actually going to be a secret fantasy uh, option this season. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert is, he's a wait and see. Obviously, he's a fan favorite. We love him. I'm already going to get his, his, his jersey because, you know, he's a Jet fan. I don't even care if he's good or not. Like, that's my boy. You know what I'm saying? But he's a wait and see. So from a value perspective, what does he really bring? You know what I'm saying? Um, but Cager, Cager was a, was a fan favorite last year as an underdog to make as a wide receiver. And he did not make it because of various other issues. But what happened is they ended up bringing him back as a tight end. And as a tight end, he is showing that he's balling out. Now, he is a very long shot to make this team. But I had Cager making it over Mims based on value at this season if that makes sense because again jeremy ruckert is not going to be really available or a true value usama is good but if you've got conklin and then another young cat like cager for zach that may be more valuable offensively than one uh denzel mims but what do you think about that nick do you think having like going mims or having a guy at tight end that's flashing and Cager would be better for a young quarterback. Well, I mean, I think it's always nice to have as many options at tight end for a young quarterback, uh, for any quarterback, really. Uh, if you look at any of the quarterbacks that had a lot of success, a lot of the times they've had a safety blanket tight end that's been able to help them out. So if if it doesn't look like Mims is going to be the guy to add some depth, um, it might not be a bad opportunity to, to keep a cat, a, a young cat like Cager, around with Uzoma. No, we don't know how long he's going to be around, but obviously you guys have mentioned that's the guy. Conklin's exciting for sure. And uh, Mike, I kind of agree with you. He might end up taking over that role. But if you have uh, if you have Cager behind him and you believe in this kid, it's not a bad option to keep him around for, for, for Zach moving forward. So, you know, let me just say this. I think that for the future, I think if you were to bet on anyone for the squad who could come out of this and be our tight end, it would be Conklin. But when Mike says he thinks he's going to be fantasy football relevant, if we're just sticking to fantasy football for a moment here, CJ Ozoma just got signed for three years, $25 million. Mike just dismissed him like it didn't even happen. <laughs> he's, he's apparently not even going to get the ball, apparently. Jeremy Ruckett was a third-round pick. He wasn't picked in the seventh round. So you have a guy picking the third round. You have a guy with a pretty huge contract for a tight end. I don't see why any one of the three of them is going to stand out in fantasy football. I don't understand. I don't understand that thought process. And then when it comes to Cager, we'll see what happens. And like Mike said, he stood out in the preseason here. But I think that when you look from a fantasy aspect, strictly fantasy football, if Mike's talking about that, I mean, our quarterback last year was the worst quarterback in the league. Hopefully he improves. But at this moment, that's what he was last year. So 
I wouldn't bank on any of them to be great in fantasy football. In real life, though, which is all that matters, having three good tight ends. And I think Azoma's really good. It's why the Jets gave him so much money. And Jeremy Rucker got drafted in the third round, not to just sit around and do nothing. So I don't, I don't, I think Conklin's good. And I like Conklin too, to get me wrong. His yards per catch was tremendous last year, but he only played because Herndon got hurt and then Irv Smith got hurt and then he got a chance last year. And he, and he didn't, he did okay last year, but I might not be as high on Mike when it comes to the stats he's going to have this year. But I think in the red zone, all three of those guys are going to be a problem. And then what, like to Mike's point, Cager looks, when I saw him at the game, he obviously bulked up. He looks enormous now all of a sudden. He, I used to be tall. Now he looks big. But if they have three weapons like they already have, one they just drafted, one they give a big contract to, and then they have Conklin they also signed, I just don't see a way Cager makes the team. I, I don't – I, I that, that'd be a guy who'd be a high-priority practice squad guy. But I don't see how they keep him in lieu of keeping a Wesco who's basically our fullback, right? And I have Wesco getting cut. I obviously only keeping three tight ends. But if they're going to keep a fourth guy, I don't think it's going to be Lawrence Cager. I think it would be Wesco. I know your Boas history. That's kind of my two cents when it comes to the tight end position. We can get over here to the offensive line, Mike, because a whole bunch of guys here to talk about in the offensive line, Mike, especially some guys we have getting cut and some guys you have staying on the squad. Uh, Mike, why don't you run through your offensive lineman here that you have making the squad this year? Yeah, so I've got everybody making it except for McDermott that you have. I've I've got, um, you know, Herbig and Feeney and Adoga obviously yeah. being our, our core backups with Mitchell and then Connor McGovern and our starters. Um, I think that, I you know, I probably should put McDermott on there and either drop Cager or whoever, but I'm, I'm just done with McDermott. He's, he's <laughs> such a scrub. Anyone who watches just knows he's just so scrub. And, and like, and, I, and part of me is like, I know he hurt himself. I hope he gets better, but yeah, uh, but I see why you, you, you put him on there. I mean, well, I, look at, the same thing. I look at a Doga the same way. I mean, it's not like they wasted that high of a draft pick on a Doga and he got to play. And I mean, that first game, he basically started, right? I'm not saying it was his fault. It was, it was Mitchell's fault when Zach had to run out. If you're going to, if you're going to assign blame, Mitchell was playing on the right side. I think Adoga was playing on the left side, but Mike Adoga, I mean, they're both scrubs. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong about McDermott or Adoga. I don't think either of them are that good. Um, When I go through my offensive line, Mike, we pretty much have all the same guys. I don't think a lot of people realize for a depth guy, getting Herberg was pretty big for us for a depth guy. This guy started 17 games in the NFL. Um, That's a good guy to have on your bench there. Feeney, Feeney is what he is. You know, I mean, Feeney is versatile. I know he has the Mohawk. He's he's okay. We got a message there from Schleich Nation. He wants Min to get traded to Chicago. I like that big Schleicher. I see that. Thank, you for, thank you for giving us your two cents. And we know the starters. We know Brown, Font, Thompson, AB team. On my bench, Mike, I do have McDermott making it. Um, we got Max Mitchell. We know we just drafted him, so he's not going nowhere, Mike. And I think that's the reason Adoga's going to get caught, Mike, because Adoga's had a few years now, and he's done nothing. Max Mitchell also did nothing, but he just got drafted. So maybe they think they got a little bit more hope with him, Mike, moving forward because he's brand new. Maybe they can mold him into something. And then, uh, obviously, Feeney made the squad, too. So I have nine offensive linemen making it. I think Adoga's going to be on the chopping block here, though. Um, and I think Adoga or McDermott could go, Mike. Either one would make sense to me. I hear you, man. I mean, that's the squad. Both of us pretty much have almost the only difference is, you know, you got Mims. I got Cager. You don't have Zonovan Knight making it. Yeah. But uh, pretty much we've our squads are very similar. And you know what? None of us have the Canadian Thanos making it. Nah. Um, none of us have uh, some of these guys that, that uh, are fan favorites like Tanzel Smart and, and others. But look, 
we're going to be letting guys go. We're going to be putting people on the practice squad. I would say Mike White would not be on the squad, but because of Zach Wilson's yeah, injury, exactly. I think they're exactly. going to keep him. So, yeah, Mike, that's, that's I agree it. with you. I agree with you 100%. I think if Zach wasn't hurt and we're rolling into week one with Zach, we got Flacco as the backup, I think they might even flirt. We're sticking the, the reveler there on the practice squad and cutting Mike White. But I think Interesting. In situ- Mike, in the situation there and now with Joe Flacco running out there, at least Mike White Mike White has been pretty garbage in the preseason. And I know Jeff Bench's not that high on him anymore, but at least he started games in the NFL. You could throw him out there. At least he knows the offense. I think that's the only reason he's sticking around, Mike. I agree with you 100%. When it comes to the special teams, we know who's locked in. Okay, Eddie Panero, your history. We got Greg the leg for a reason. He's bringing that big old leg into MetLife, going to be smashing balls. Um, we know our punter is going to be the LeBron James, a punting brain man. <laughs> Long snapper Thomas Hennessy, the greatest job in the history of professional sports. We have a friend named Kevin DeFlavis who said he wants to train his kid to be a long snapper because you make the NFL minimum and you don't have to do anything. It, it's, it's a genius approach, and he is training his kid. And our friend Kevin is huge, so his kid might be able to make it happen. And Barrios, we already have in the wide receiver spot. We're just showing you there. Um, that's pretty much the special teams guys we have. So basically, Mike, when you look at the guys that we have on the bubble, let's just go through it here. The guys right now that are pretty much on the bubble, and I'll agree, Mims is on the bubble here. Yeah. He's like, he's on top of that bubble more, more than anyone else, right, guys? Um, Mims is on there. I got a Doga on the bubble, Mike. Um, P. Ryan, I got on the bubble here. Bam Knight, Ty Johnson. Wesco, Cager, Yaboa, and Adoga. Even though you, you have some of those guys on your team and some off, would you agree all those guys at least are on the bubble and it could get chopped? Yeah, I agree. All, all right. those guys are on the bubble. There's a couple of dudes that um, could be surprise cuts, like Ashton Davis. True. People true. will be like, oh, because his contract you know, too, and he hasn't played well. It, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't that, disagree with that. And it, you look it, on the defense, you got Vinny Curry, um, Zaniga. Could get, Vinny Curry? One of Vinny Curry or Zaniga is not going to be on this team. Correct. They're not going to both be on the team. One of them is going to get cut. I think more likely than not. Shepard's history: Delshawn Phillips, Isaiah Dunn, Justin Hardy. I think all those guys are going to be probably not on the team. Maybe we get surprised, Mike. Maybe one of them makes the squad. But when it comes to the fifty-three, we're pretty much in lockstep. And like we said, there wasn't that many. I, me and Sammy were talking about this at the game this um on 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 Monday. There's not that many camp battles. There's not that many spots that are up for grabs that we're looking at, that we're worried about. You know, we pretty much have most of the starters locked in, as we know. And most of the guys for the backups are pretty much locked in as well. So um, this was a pretty easy one. Last year, I think there was a lot more gray area, Mike, when we did the 53. Yeah. A little bit more gray area last year and the year before. I think we put together a much better team this year. And in a byproduct of that, it's a lot easier to predict where guys are going to fall as far as the depth chart. And I think this year our depth chart is much stronger than it was last year and the year before. So doing the 53, I think, is a little easier as well. Agreed. You agree, bro? Now we got the Giants coming up this weekend. Sammy, you'll be out there with your legendary pops. Okay? You better hold it down. Don't get any fights. Don't lose our tickets. Keep your dad calm. Okay? Because there'll be Giant fans out there. And he's a wild man. All right? No beers. I want him totally sober at the game. Your pops. I'm just kidding. He's a tremendous guy. Um, Yeah, the Giants this weekend. Starters are going to play a little bit. I know Flacco's going to be out there. The starters are going to be out there. It'll be a nice little dress rehearsal. Um, You have to, Mike, they have to play the starters in this game a little bit. Because t- if you think about it, there's absolutely no continuity at this point with the offensive line. I mean, would you agree, Sammy? I mean, they, they just got Dwayne Brown in the building. They just moved Font back to the right side. AVT now has had an entire mini camp and training camp playing on the right side, but he hasn't started a game really there or played more than a quarter or a couple series there. Tomlinson's the left guard. He's locked in. Our center's locked in. But those five guys have never played together in a game. So when it comes to this game coming up, Sammy, you do want to see the starters at least get out there for a couple quarters just to get some familiarity with each other, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, Robert Sala would be a crazy person if those guys didn't play at least a little bit together, right? Like You have to just see what it looks like. You want to know if there is any issues so you can address those issues. If you don't see what it's like in game speed, you're never going to find that out. 
So you have to, even if it's for five minutes, that's fine. Yeah. And you you target, you run like target plays of things that you saw in practice that you want to see at game speed and you want to see how they work. And you run like a, a few of those things and then you have your idea and you take them out. You yeah, know? I agree with you 100%. I, I mean, I just want to be. Silly. And I hope that, uh, I mean, the Giants and Jet game in the past is a game that just had some really horrific injuries. For, I mean, the Giants had Jason Seahorn go down when I was growing up. We had Chad Pennington go down. It always seems like that game, even though it's a preseason game, there's some fire in the players when they play. You know, and I, I hope everyone comes out of this game unscathed. We roll into the Ravens game with the whole roster we have now is intact, healthy, especially the guys on defense, which have not looked great so far in the preseason. I mean, the offense, when it comes to running the ball, I had the stats. I don't know where the hell I put them, guys. I think we only have about 189 yards rushing the ball on 50-something attempts this year in the preseason. So we have not been able to run the ball that well. We haven't done much that well on offense. Let's be real. In the preseason, we really haven't. But that when the yeah. Rebels out there running around like he's playing flag football, Mike, the offense has not looked good. So it'd be nice to come out here versus the Giants. I mean, the Giants' defense is not that bad. They have a lot of players on the, on defense that are pretty good on the G-men. So they can go out there and just get a nice touchdown drive. Just just give me something to, to hold on to here. Because going into well, the first game versus the Ravens, Mike, I haven't seen really anything. I mean, we only, what, we see Zach for two quarters and then they didn't play last week. So it's not like we have a big sample size. I'm not going nuts. But it'd be nice to see a couple drives and get some points on the board, Mike. Well, you know, like you were talking, this is the time Sala really wants to get the offense together and actually have a couple of drives there with the starters and, and try to bring some rhythm uh, to the team. We haven't had the offensive line really play yet. Like Keith was mentioning with Dwayne Brown and Fant moving over to right. So this will be an opportunity for us to really be able to show what we have. We heard consistently against the Atlanta Falcons that the jets were winning the day each and every single day. But when we got out there in the preseason, it looked absolutely disgusting. So I'm hoping just to see a little bit there. Um, I know I liked a lot about a couple of the guys like Garrett Wilson, who was showing me some things. Michael Clemens, we know we were showing me some things, you know, um, but the coaching, I I would like to see just a little bit more uh, before we run into the season, because I have what I've seen so far reminds me so much of last season. So (laughs) it just does like I just it just looks the same. So, hey, um. We'll see what happens. Um, Nick, are you excited to see your G-men play the New York Jets next Sunday? I absolutely am excited. I haven't really been um, tuning into preseason because of, I mean, I've done my research for our fantasy league. Don't get me wrong, but preseason's preseason. But this game, I'm definitely going to check out at least the first half or more because it's Jets-Giants. It's New York football, the only football in New York that counts. Buffalo, hmm. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So I'm definitely down for this. Yeah, we don't they're, talk about they're, it. They're the, they're the most southernmost Canadian football league team. That's what they are. Let's, let's on, let's Canada let's, can have them. It's just amazing. And I always say to And the Sabres. <laughs> exactly. And this year, guys, I just found the stats. 51 attempts, 189 yards, like I said, 3.7 yards a carry. Maybe not as bad as I thought it was. But passing-wise, 39 attempts. We only have 392 yards in two games. That's 6.3 yards an attempt. That is not good by the offense here. And they've been sacked seven times. So um, this game should be fun. Me and Wookie will be at our buddy Jay's house with a bunch of our other friends, Jets and Giants fans, watching the game. Sam, Sammy will be holding it down in the stadium for us, repping Section 301 like a legend with his pops. Mike, that's all we got for today. That right? is we it. Rip, that is we it. We through a live show. All right, we did a great job. I think we didn't have too many kinks in the armor. Not that many mistakes. We just roll right through nice and smooth. Um, you did a great job, Mike, emceeing it from the side there with all the little bells and whistles are popping up. Mike, if anyone does want to get at us, though, if they're not, if they're not listening or watching here on YouTube, uh, where could they do that? 
Guys, we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. We really appreciate it. We're on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, on behalf of the greatest tight end in modern football history, the big Wookiee Nick Kronk, on behalf of the greatest high school football coach in the nation today, my cousin Sammy O'Hare. My name's Keith Farrell. Good at you next week, everybody. Peace out.